1: football coverage continues now
0: and a diving catch by Notre Dame Benjamin Morrison three interceptions on the day
1: Budweiser's weekday sports beat
0: intercepted on the 45-yard line Tariq Bracey
1: on sports radio 960 WSBT
0: he will score 10-5 touchdown Benjamin Morrison 95 yards out
1: Well, we are 45 days away from the start of the Notre Dame football season. August the 26th, the Irish and Navy over in Dublin, a game that you can hear right here on WSBT Radio. So we are inching closer. Fall camp inching closer. But we still have plenty to talk about. We've got Tyler Horka joining me, the Fighting Irish Football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Please check out his work. At blueandgold.com, I've been distracted during the commercial break listening to Tyler's colleagues at Blue and Gold, Mike Singer, Tim Hyde, talking to, I think is it one of the top guys for on three recruiting? Is it Charles Power? Is that a good way to label him, Tyler?
2: Yeah, director of scouting, I think it is. So if there's a prospective player in the high school ranks right now, he knows about him. He can tell you about him.
1: I'm impressed. I I really got locked into their conversation, almost forgot to call you. So that's a good sign, good content. (laughs) And you can check out, of course, a lot of video content on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel, including each week Mike and I having a Notre Dame football recruiting conversation on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. All right. Well, away we go with our own conversation without any video involved. I'm going to start with this, and this is something that I asked our listeners in yesterday's Twitter question of the day. So let's start our exercise with this. Everyone agrees that Notre Dame improved the quarterback position as they basically replaced Drew Pine with Sam Hartman. That is a what we think is going to be a major improve. So now take away the quarterback position, the other 21 starters combining offense and defense. When you think about this year's other 21 starters compared to last year's other 21 starters, my listeners were asked to vote on how they would describe the combination or the comparison. Better, close to same, not as good. Close to same was the big winner, not much support for, not as good. I'm just wondering, from a general conversational standpoint, when you think about taking away the quarterback position, The 21 starters this year compared to 21 starters last year, do you think that this year's bunch can be just as good or maybe even better? I would have
2: to say that the answer is probably somewhere in between about the same and not as good. I I have a hard time leaning toward even better because, and I know we're probably going to get to some of this later in the conversation, You lose arguably your top players on either side of the ball in Michael Mayer and Isaiah Foskey from last year's roster. You're replacing them with basically guys that were around last year and they were either injured or they just weren't as good as those two guys, obviously. And and some of them didn't even crack the two deep. I mean, you're looking at Jordan Patello yeah, I guess he was the backup Viper last year, but it didn't even really feel like there was a backup Viper because Isaiah Foskey did so much for this football team. And then at times it didn't even really feel like there was a second tight end because Michael Mayer did so much for the football team too. So I know that's only two of the 21, but you kind of look at it the rest of the way and and a lot of the same faces are back. Now you hope that they're improved from one year to the next. Like maybe Joe Waltz is somehow even better. Like maybe he's, NFL caliber right now, and some people are like, man, this, this rule of you got to spend three years in college is pretty dumb because Joe Alt could have been playing pro football last year, but that's another conversation. You hope guys improve. You know, Blake Fisher, maybe he looks like he's ready to take the next step. So, for it to be, for the answer to be better than last year's 21 players outside of the quarterback, you're going to have to see a lot of improvement from guys that were around. I mean, I've mentioned Jordan Patello He's got to improve. Who is the number one tight end? Is it Mitchell Evans? Is it Kevin Bowman, Eli Raritan? Uh, one of those guys or, or one of the other three scholarship tight ends. There's going to be a whole, have to be a whole lot of improvement. And then uh, on defense especially because you're, you've got the same three graduate student linebackers back. Are they li- quite literally the same? Uh, can they get better or, or are they even going to be a little worse? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. I'm glad you posed it. I'm glad you gave me the answers because I kind of lean with, either about the same or a little worse. It, it's hard for me to say that they're going to be better, but the caveat in that is how much better does Sam Hartman make the team mm-hmm. because all the, that automatically can improve the record right there.
1: Well, I love the way you framed your answer. I'm with you. I'm in that category of somewhere in between close to the same and not as good. You lost, as you documented, two impact high-end players in Foskey and Mayer that – are going to be very difficult to simulate. And I don't think we can forget the Adamiola's played key snaps for this football Mm -hmm. team. So defensive line, safety, and let me know how good the offensive guards are going to be and how that chemistry builds quickly with the O-line. If those things are all okay, then I flip to the better category. But that's a pretty big laundry list. But as I've always talked about, A quarterback like Sam Hartman can cover up a lot of warts on a football team like Brady Quinn did about 20 years ago for this Fighting Irish football team. Two teams that made the BCS that, outside of Brady, I'm not sure they were BCS caliber. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's – and it's twofold, too, because you're sitting there and you say, okay, if this was an 8-4 and roster a year ago, which it was. Yes. um, Obviously with Drew Pine at quarterback – Maybe it's ten and two with Sam Hartman, but then you get to start thinking about man, if only they had this at this position and that at that position, then you're talking eleven and one. Uh, I, it's, it's very hard for me to go twelve and zero with this schedule, but eleven and one against this schedule gets you into the college football playoff. So, I think there's going to be a lot of people happy with ten and two if that's what Sam Hartman can provide for this football team. But once the dust settles, you're also going to have a lot of people thinking, man, holy crap, if there was just a little bit more around him, this team probably goes to the CFP.
1: Hmm. Tyler, let me just go down the road you mentioned. Considering the talent of the players lost and considering his replacement this year, who do you think the Irish will miss more, Isaiah Foskey or Michael Mayer?
2: Uh, Such another really, really good question, but – I'm going to have to go with, I know I know, know there were both record setters. I was about to say the record setter. They were both record setter. Isaiah Foskey, yeah. most sacks in program history. Michael Mayer, most everything for a tight end in program history. I'm going to go with that guy right there. And I know Sam Hartman can make up for a lot of that. He's probably going to spread the ball around. But, I mean, I look at these tight ends and I'm like, where's the production? Who Who is it going to come from? You've got two guys coming back from ACL injuries. Mitchell Evans didn't look very healthy in spring ball himself. I mean, he was wearing uh, a brace over his right elbow. I think it was that. I mean, I, I wouldn't like to try to catch try catching footballs with that thing on, or you know, blocking some of these guys that are going to be trying to get to Sam Hartman over the course of this season. So, I think Jordan Patel. And part of this is I think Jordan Patello can be a pretty good player. Like I think he can be upward of a 10 sack guy, maybe even in that like 11 to 12 range, like Isaiah Foskey was, is he going to do everything else as well as Isaiah Foskey? Maybe not. He might not be able to stay on the field for as many snaps as Foskey did and, and really grade out well in some of those metrics. But I just look at a tight end who was a Mackey finalist, probably should have won that award. I mean, there were so many people saying he was the best tight end in college football. I don't think there were a lot of people saying Isaiah Foskey was the best rush end in college football, so I look at that and, and I say, "Man, you lose a guy like Michael Mayer. that's going to be really hard to overcome just because of who he was. And then, like I said, his replacements there's going to have to be someone to step up. I don't see a Jordan Batello in, in that group, and I know jo- Jordan Batello has to step up himself, but uh, I kind of feel a little bit more comfortable with Batello starting as opposed to a Mitchell Evans or a Kevin Bauman or, or one of those two sophomores.
1: Tyler Horkum, I guess, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. See, I'm going to dance back to our original conversation and just add on to your comments. When you think about last year's team, and I think there is still an outside chance those starters might be a little bit better overall than this year's starters. Time will tell. But if you put Sam Hartman on last year's team, I think they're sitting there with Alabama trying to see if they could get into the college football playoff. I'll even go so far to say they might have given Ohio State more of a tussle because you're not just Mm -hmm. sitting back playing run, run, pass, punt, and field position against Ohio State. You can attack the Buckeyes with a guy like Sam Hartman. Am I crazy?
2: I would kind of flip. You're not crazy. I would kind of flip that conversation. If Notre Dame comes into the season opener with a gunslinger at quarterback, and I mean, Marcus Freeman's quotes were out there in public. Ryan Day heard them Sure. when Freeman said, yeah, we're going to have to kind of attack this game a little differently. We don't want to get into a shootout with these guys. We want to possess the ball, yada, yada, yada. I think Ohio State heard that and kind of adjusted its game plan and said, okay, yeah, we can play ball possession game too. And Ohio State ended up Winning the possession time. I think it was like 33 minutes to 27 minutes, which, I mean, every time you tack on something beyond the halfway point there, it gets pretty significant. So I'm not sure Notre Dame went to shootout or anything against Ohio State, but I think they could have caught USC at a vulnerable time with the Trojans looking ahead to a rematch against Utah, which they ultimately lost. And I think. I guess Caleb Williams wasn't quite banged up yet in that Notre Dame game. I I know he was running all over the place, but I don't think he was 100% with the ankle or whatever it was. So I think maybe they would have beaten USC and then taking care of uh, Marshall and Stanford, obviously, with with the Ohio State loss there. Notre Dame might have been an 11-1 team with Sam Hartman last year. I I know I could say pretty dang confidently that they definitely would have been at least 10-2. I mean. You only need to protect the ball a little bit better and, and score maybe one more touchdown against Marshall, and then you literally only need four more points against Stanford. With Sam Hartman, they're winning those games. And, yeah, I, I don't think you're crazy to say that they would have contended with an Ohio State or a USC or both with a quarterback like Hartman.
1: All right, let's talk about this year's team now a little bit more in depthly. On the offensive side of the football, as we are – probably around two weeks away from the start of fall camp. In your opinion, Tyler, what is the most important fall camp offensive position competition we need to watch out for?
2: Yeah, it's. I know when you hear position battle, you think, okay, two guys, same position. Let's see what these guys can do. Who's going to be the starter? And you think one position only, but you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier in the conversation I'm looking at both of those guard spots and it's not necessarily mano-a-mano, head-to-head, uh, toe-to-toe type of competition there. I'm just looking for two guys to, to just win the job and solidify. I mean, Notre, the last thing Notre Dame wants, less last Sam Hartman, Jared Parker, Marcus Freeman, all of these guys want is not, not knowing who's going to start at those two spots, say – I don't know, mid-September, a week before that Ohio State game on September 23rd. You want those spots to be solidified, and I think a lot of that is going to come here in fall camp. Now, obviously, it's Andrew Kristofik and Billy Strauss who kind of have uh, their nose out in front of the pack for those two spots, the two guard spots on offense. But uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a surprise. Maybe Rocco Spindler comes out of nowhere or Michael Carmody or – you know, Pat Coogan, any one of these guys, I don't know who it's going to be, but it needs to be somebody. And Jared Parker needs to find out who that is because, I mean, there are teams on this schedule that will attack the interior of the offensive line. And, I mean, they could bring Zeke Correll down with them too because uh, combo blocking is such a big part of this game. And if those three guys in the middle are not on the same page, it's going to be – I mean, we talked about this Notre Dame offense and what it can be with Sam Hartman at the controls. It could get pretty ugly in a minute, too. We've seen that at Wake Forest with Hartman. So um, not necessarily one position battle, but I have both of my eyes glued to those offensive guards.
1: I don't know if you're a fan of Phil Steele's college football preview, but I found it very interesting. He lists the top draft eligible players. So if you're eligible for the draft, he ranks all the players by position. The top 40 offensive guards in the country, do you know who he has at 26? Rocco Spindler. Oh, geez. Isn't that something?
0: I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. And that's the kind of thing that just, like, incites our message board to say, hey, look at this. Why why is he not playing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Phil still knows something that I don't. Now, look, he had a really good blue-gold game. I was actually really impressed. I mean, we got to see five, six practices before that where – It just, he kind of looked like the same guy that was trying to scratch the surface for playing time, but wasn't getting there. So maybe Phil still is ahead of his time and Rocco Spindler is the starter at some point this season. There's a lot of people that root for Notre Dame that would love that, but I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, yeah, now he's starting because Notre Dame didn't have anything else at the position. It's another to say, okay, he's earned this. He's going to be really good. Obviously Notre Dame wants it to be the latter. and, And if that does happen hey, man, I wouldn't even call him a late bloomer at this point. Some guys don't start until they're juniors. You know, that's the way it used to be in college football. And at some sometimes at some positions it's still that way. Offensive line definitely means more that way than any other position too.
1: All right, for the folks on your message boards that see Spindler ranked on this steal list and why isn't he playing, (laughs) let's just look at the opposite side of the coin. Draft eligible players at quarterback. Sam Hartman is number 28. Ahead of him, oddly enough, at 26 is Jalen Milrow of Alabama, who Tyler Buckner is going to beat (laughs) out this year. And, oh, by the way, at 22 is Pittsburgh's Phil Dracovic. Oh, wow. Does that give you a headache? message
2: board mania. No, that's (laughs) message board mania right there. Look, I'm not an NFL draft junkie by any means. Uh, You know, my former colleague Patrick Engel loved it a whole lot more than I did. We're, we sent him to the combine and he did all that <laughs> stuff for us. So hopefully Jack Sobel likes to do that too, because I'd be more than happy for him to be the guy that goes down to Indy. But I do know that 28 quarterbacks do not get drafted in every single draft no, class. Sir. And there are a lot of people saying that Hartman is, you know, fringe draftable territory. So for him to be way down at 28, that's surprising. That's, that's mid-July fodder right there mm, at its finest.
1: No doubt. All right, on defensive side of the equation most important fall camp defensive position battle to watch closely
2: yeah i'm going to kind of take this the same direction that i did with the offense and look at two spots two very similar spots uh strong safety and free safety i mean there's kind of a hodgepodge group of guys there some returners uh, obviously some transfers in is thomas harper going to play safety how good is antonio carter coming from the fcs ranks uh, Houston uh, not Houston Griffiths, but D.J. Brown is back for graduate season. Uh, Ramon Henderson and Xavier Watts, somehow those guys are seniors already. And it feels like just yesterday we were talking about them as, like, up-and-coming up sophomores making position switches. They were the future of the position. you are sitting here a couple of years later, and you're trying to convince yourself of that still. Like, yeah, Xavier Watts is going to be really, really good. And you've seen flashes, you know, sideline to sideline, very good tackler. Uh, And Ramon Henderson has all this athleticism. But, man, we're talking about a Notre Dame secondary that ranked next to dead last in passes broken up last year. I mean, they need to close on the football. They need to find some guys that can just be really over-the-top defensive stoppers back there, especially with some of these offenses that are on the schedule. So uh, as we sit here today on July 12th or whatever it is, I'm not really confident in who are those – two starting guys i mean you could give it to dj brown because he's a fifth year guy and say all right we're gonna have you on the field until you make us take you off or you make us keep you on but you know maybe it is antonio carter coming in or maybe thomas harper you leave clarence lewis at the nickel and thomas harper is so good at safety that Mm -hmm. say all right you know this is your spot i don't know Uh, it it feels the same way with the uh with the offense that's kind of the hole for me on defense i mean we can have a whole another conversation about the depth on the defensive line or the graduate linebackers and if they're going to be surpassed by some of these younger guys but at the end of the day you have to have a couple of really premier guys on the back end at safety i'm not sure if notre dame has that right now
1: all right real quick early enrollee freshmen we're not counting them give me a freshman who will see in a notre dame helmet for the first time when fall camp gets underway that you're really interested in seeing
2: Yeah, I just mentioned the defensive line and what Notre Dame may or may not have there. I kind of like Brennan Vernon. Uh, You know, he's a Midwest kid, really highly ranked. Um, You know, defensive linemen aren't really accustomed to coming in and playing right away, but maybe he's walking into a situation where he can do that and and impress Al Washington and at least get some reps, you know, that aren't special teams right away. So I think he's a big kid, a competitive kid. And, you know, everything I've read from Mike Singer's interviews with him and just some things that he's done in the media, really love his attitude. And you need to, if you're going to play defensive line at co- in college football, especially at a place like Notre Dame, you need to have that type of uh, edgy, competitive attitude. I think he has it. Uh, and, and like you said, I'm really excited to see what he looks like in a Notre Dame uniform for the first time.
1: All right. Tell us about BlueAndGold.com and why Irish fans should check out your website tonight and moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think I finally got all of my Jack Swarbrick interview stuff up. It's been uh, two weeks to the day, I think, since I interviewed him. And that was a great interview. Got upward of eight to ten articles from that. And uh, we're also starting to roll out some of our uh, 160-page preview magazine content that uh, started arriving in mailboxes earlier this month. That stuff is starting to roll out online. Uh, A couple of really good articles on Marcus Freeman on there today and then some really good player feature stuff coming in the next week or so so uh, a lot of really good stuff there and like you said we're only a couple weeks away from fall camp so as soon as that starts at the end of the month blue and Gold.com is going to be the place to be for just wall-to-wall everyday coverage of what the uh, Irish look like about a month ahead of the season
1: very good he's tyler horka the notre dame football beat reporter blue and gold illustrated blue and Gold.com. I'm actually on vacation next week to recharge the battery. So how about we do it again in two weeks? All right, yeah. I
2: think we'll have some actual football to talk about at that point. That'll be exciting.
1: Looking forward to that. All right, Tyler, we'll talk to you then. Really appreciate your time as always.
2: All right, enjoy your vacation, Darren. Thanks. I will
1: try. Thank you very much. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. His take on some of the storylines heading to fall camp for Marcus Freeman's fighting Irish football team. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. 628 is our time. We'll keep sports beat rolling on this Wednesday evening next on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT.